Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro, Evan Preparis. Got a couple of guests with me today. Before we get that to that, though, quick word from a couple of our sponsors and some discount codes for you. So I've talked about Mudgear a whole bunch of before. That's what I wore this past weekend for racing for the socks and the shorts. Uh, you can use code ULTRAOCRMAN. I think it saves 15%, 20%. I'm not sure. It's a good code. Check it out. Also got a code for 20% off Yolked. We've talked about them a couple times on the podcast. If you've been at Savage Race, you've tried their product. Uh, Strength 20 will save you 20%. And then I just got into the Cool Kids Club as a Tough Mudder ambassador. Um, been kind of unofficially representing them for years and been helping out with all sorts of their stuff. So I now have a 20% off code for signing up for Tough Mudder. I will drop that in the link uh, in the show notes down below because the code is super long. It's brand AMB. 164MR31T, so it is it is fairly long. Uh, but, yeah, you can use that for any of your Tough Mudder events. I think it works for all of them. Maybe not World Stuffers. I don't know. Give it a try for World Stuffers. See if it works. And let me know. All right, let's get to today's episode. So I got three guests with me on the line. First one, I got Thomas Plush, who we've had on the podcast before. Tom, say hi. Hey. Uh, Tom, um, another Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro. We're claiming him as the holding the world record for most barefoot podiums, most barefoot wins in OCR, which is, what is your total now? I believe I'm at 11 or 12. I'd have to tally it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know anyone with any, so uh, I think you got a pretty good lead there. And I, I know you accumulated another one this weekend, which we're going to talk about. I've also got uh, Keaton Herter on the line. Keaton, say hi. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Um, so we'll, We'll talk a little bit about Key, and I'm going to have you introduce yourself a little bit more in a minute. And then uh, J.C. Massey, uh, say hi. Hello. Yeah, so this was our team for the recent race called The Siege, which was a local OCR out in Garden City, Kansas. Um, so let's start off with uh, Tom. Let's talk about how well, – let's talk about the race in general first, and then we'll talk about how we found the team and et cetera. Um, so, Tom, how, how did you? What was the first time you heard about the siege? And uh, talk about the course a little bit. A friend in college, um, she used to be like the race director um, up there at Core Fitness, and she knew I was in the OCR and invited me up a couple of years ago, and I made the trip and thought it was going to be an easy one, but. The mud crawls and the up and down of your heart rate, it just kills you. Yeah. And so on the outside, it doesn't look like a challenging course, but there's nobody that runs that course hard and feels good at the end. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, so let's uh, jump over to Keaton. One, let's start off telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, when you got into OCR, some of your major accomplishments. I know you got to conquer the gauntlet podium. Uh, in, under your belt there so tell us a little bit about yourself yeah um i got into it probably 2015 or 16 i think started out with just a group of co-workers that signed up for some local gladiator dash deal that i think you ran earlier this year with us as well um but yeah started six seven years ago seven eight years ago whatever it's been now um probably ran 25 30 different races i think um it's pretty heavy back in the 
conquer the gauntlets and, and anything local here around the Midwest that I could find. Um, yeah, I, I pulled a, uh, a third place conquer the gauntlet podium. Um, I think I've got probably four or five total, like actual, like elite level podiums. And then, Oh, I was trying to count earlier because I figured you'd ask me, but I think I got maybe 18 or 19 kind of top 10 finishes out of those 25 races or so. So I've, I've done fairly decent for no more than I've really done. Yeah, no, solid. It's definitely some good results there. And, uh, you know, Conquer the Gauntlet podiums legit. Those are those are hard. <laughs> those are hard yeah, indeed. Definitely uh, for sure. JC, let's jump over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I got started uh, doing OCR racing. My first one actually was in June of 2021. I signed up for what they called 5K the hard way here in, in Nebraska. Went absolutely alone. Didn't have anybody, didn't know anybody that was going to be there. Ran into an old coworker that does a decent amount or had done a decent amount of OCR racing. Uh, ran a second time through with me and started getting introduced to a group of people that that kind of furthered my interest in this whole deal. Since then, I've uh, traveled and done some Spartan races, uh, a trifecta. I've had a few top 10 places uh, age group-wise in some Spartan events, top 10 in um, a race in Iowa that I've done the past couple years. And this is the first time up on the podium in an actual OCR race. I don't know why. I didn't know that. Yeah, you, I mean, you did great. You were, you were crushing it out there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, the team race in a minute. But... You know, I found this race originally through OCR Buddy. So again, we've plugged I've plugged OCR Buddy a ton of times in the last two years because that's how I've been finding a lot of these local races, and one of them was uh, the Siege. Um, so Keaton, tell us your thoughts on uh, the Siege and some of the obstacles and kind of what it, uh, you know, how long was it, et cetera. Um, you know, the the technical aspect of it all there there weren't any obstacles that were overly difficult. There was a set of monkey bars that got pretty muddy by the time our our team event went through um but i think like thomas said earlier the probably the hardest part of it all is just the amount of ups and downs and and crawling through the mud and getting right back up and going right back down and getting back up and so forth about i don't know there's those pits where we ran through each had three sections of fence you went through and there's about 15 or 20 of them pits so whatever that math is 50 or 60 of them up downs and that about do it for me so i don't know if there was 15 or 20 of them but it certainly felt like there was if, uh, if there was a lot i i maybe i exaggerated it but it <laughs> sure felt like a lot for sure i'm gonna go somewhere i'm gonna go probably 8 to 12 range uh, it would be my guess but uh it felt like it felt like you would do an obstacle, like an over obstacle, and then you'd go into one of those pits, like you said, which actually had three unders per pit. These like yes. uh, fencing, so you had to you had to get wet three times um, while you're in the pit, and then you'd go do like a you know inverted ladder back into the pit, and then you go do a wall back into the pit, you go do uh, you know Tarzan swing back into the pit, you go do a set of monkey bars back into the pit. you know just like over and over and over again. So it um you know for me uh. I like to stride it out a little bit more, and I Tom took off for me after a bunch of those pits in a row because he was a little faster at getting up and in and out of them. So Tom, take us through 
Um, take us through how we signed up, right? Because we, we we do something fairly unique when we go out to the seeds. This is the second time we've done it um, regarding the individual and the team. Uh, what do you mean how we signed up? Like, like no, the like that the fact that we do both. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I think you and I both have the same mindset. We're competitive as can be. And uh, you can't just do one. You got to do them all. And I think you and I both kind of feed off of each other. Yeah, absolutely. When you have that uh, competitive uh, partner with you, it kind of pushes you a little better. If none of you guys were there, I probably would have ran it two minutes slower. So it's nice to have that push to get an actual workout slash race in there. But, uh, yeah, every time we race together, we try to run in the same heat, and it seems like both of us finish off uh, with nothing left in the tank. Yeah, that's good. So the 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 race has uh, individual elite. They've got team elite. They've got uh, essentially individual open. They've got team open, and then they've got a kids race. So we, me and Tom, ran the competitive or the individual elite, and uh, we finished. And we had, I think, technically like ten minutes before we started the team race. So we like ran five k near max effort with obstacles finish and then we basically line right back up i mean there's still mud and stuff dripping off of you and we we go right back out there and you know most of the people only do one and it's pretty funny um you know guys like people on this podcast and people listen to this podcast i think are used to that like extreme of like oh well i'm going out there for the weekend i might as well do all the events um the people who typically show up were like you're doing what you're running it again like that what? What do you mean? What do you mean you ran it again? It's like, I don't know. Like I, I traveled all the way out here. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double up if I can. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're the only two that actually ran both events uh, yeah. the last two years. Yeah. Well, Kim ran it uh, last last year. He ran both uh, events. Yeah. That's true. Um. So, uh, Tom, tell me how. Uh, I mean, I, I know Keaton and JC. Um. You know, in passing from seeing seeing them at race and stuff. How did we? How did we? you pick them as the teammates? Uh, I think I have a, a knack for looking at talent and uh, heart. So when I, ever, when I put a team together, I don't want just talent. I don't want someone that just works hard. I want someone that's got both. So when I look at uh, athletes and I saw that in both JC and Keaton, every time I've raced against Keaton, He's always busted ass to the end. Same thing with JC. I follow his workouts for the last year when I met him at Rugged Maniac. And you can't find two people that work harder than these guys. So they were my first two choices. And luckily, the first two choices were able to do it for us. And it paid off. We yeah, was, blew out. I was super excited because whenever we're coming up with a team, I always feel like it's always – you always start asking people and people are like, no. And then it's like, you end up like panicking and we put the team together pretty last minute. What were we like two weeks out? If that. Yeah. Yeah. So JC, last year, go for it. Oh, and last year, uh, I think we were only a week out, so it was real panic mode. And, uh, I only had about three or four athletes that came to mind again for this year. And luckily it paid off. 
Yeah, we were, I was gonna. I was thinking about asking Kim, but I felt bad because he drove super far. And I know JC, you had, you had quite a drive, but I think uh, Kim drove something like eight hours last year. I was like, that was a, that's a long day for him. <laughs> <laughs> and he he filled in for us last minute. I was like, I kind of feel bad asking him again. So JC, tell us a little bit about uh, your day job and how that relates. You know, if it if it's helpful for OCR training or uh, hindrance. I'd say. Um... As I've gotten further into this, uh, it's helpful in the in the fact that it takes endurance. I work, uh, I do concrete floor coatings, so in in the elements all year round. Um, it's not the toughest job in the world, but by no stretch of the imagination is it easy. There's a lot of lift, there's a lot of move, there's a lot of up down. So finding um, finding the endurance to to go out and continue to work out, to get a run in, get a workout in after work. Uh, is challenging. I do my best to make it in before work uh, every day of the week. So just being used to the elements, being dirty, uh, uncomfortable, weird positions has has helped that quite a bit. Gotcha. And what do you think of uh, any any thoughts on the course? You know, I tell you, the one obstacle I underestimated is where I lost the most time. I got stuck in the tube. It was muddy. It was slick. I was right on your heels, and you managed to scurry up, and I lost traction. And it wasn't a very, very angled. I believe what twenty-four inch diameter smooth bore tube. Yeah, something and like that. I just got stuck in that. I could not figure out how to wiggle. Finally, just wedged myself and managed to get the tips of my fingers on the the outside of the tube and pulled myself up. But the one I didn't put a lot of thought into is the one that that held my time up there. Yeah, and that the first lap it was easy because it was dry. Like I stuck to the tube. The second lap, after you know, I don't know, a hundred or so people had gone through, it was wet. And I, I, as I was going up, I was like pushing with my hands and my legs, like trying to get as much skin to tube contact, as weird as that sounds, uh, as possible, and just kind of slowly moving up. Um, but yeah, de- I definitely moved a lot slower going through that on the second second time. I probably struggled quite a bit with that one as well. Um, I wasn't too far behind you guys. And I there's um, another team's run or something was right ahead of you guys. And Evan, I saw you pop out. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm catching back up to these guys. I was, you know, 30 yards back or so. And I was like, where is JC at? And I'm looking up ahead, a couple hundred yards. I'm not seeing him. And then finally he pops out. And I was like, that tube couldn't have been that bad until I got inside of it and I was trying to crawl um, on hands and knees, not necessarily on my belly. And sure enough, I was kind of stuck, you know, apparently I'm about 25 inches tall, you know, being on my hands and knees and that tube's 24 inches tall. So that just wasn't quite working very well. So I, I totally get what you're saying there. Any uh, open up question for everyone? You know, is there was there any other obstacles that you kind of su- were surprised besides the two one um, that it took a little more out of you, and besides the up and downs going in and out of the water pits? I would say the one that I I don't know that I've ever done one is just that little Tarzan swing where the rope was just hanging and you just kind of full send it Tarzan swing up and over that telephone pole or whatever. Yeah. Whatever that obstacle was. That that was a fun obstacle. I, I thought that was cool. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It, it you, you like you said, you gotta send it, right? You just run up and you just commit. Um and the, the rope always feels a little bit farther away than it 
is like as you run up, you're like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna hit this with enough force. Um, but I sent it on both times and uh, made it. I, when I went back out to do some coverage for OCR buddy, I watched a couple people who like would stop and kind of wait there, and then they would jump to the rope, and a couple of them just like swung and straight into the the post, <laughs> like they. Just, like they they, they I, totally like hit their stomach against the far side of the uh the barrier there. I I seen a girl get injured not in this race but a, a previous race on on a similar rope swing that sometimes you gotta send a, just send it and and she didn't and kind of just fell straight down and messed her ankle up pretty bad. So yeah, some of those are. I mean, it's a can be a dangerous sport. Obviously, it's a lot of fun too. But yeah. That was a fun obstacle for me that the other day. So what's interesting about the course is it's actually part of a JROTC, so a high school J- junior R- uh, reserve officer training corps um, obstacle course. So a lot of the obstacles are permanent, and they're very well built. And then they, what they do is they just kind of add in some additional ones um, just for the race. And uh, it was the same course as last year, but, you know, it – uh, we mentioned a couple of the obstacles already. Um, they had a, a couple the balance beam. They had uh, some uh, mud pits that you jumped over. They had a quarter mile sandbag carry around a track. They had a bunch of tires. You're supposed to go uh, like the normal tire runs, but then they also had ones that you kind of jumped up and over. Um, and there's like I don't know 20 of them in the field. It was a lot. And you uh, again, just little things that kind of just take a little bit out of you and break up your stride. Um, so it's not like a pure running race. And, uh, for the, you know, the, the cost of the course and the, uh, I I really feel like you're getting pretty good value. You know, like you're, you know, the, uh, the entry fee, you know, wasn't too high and you're really getting a lot of obstacles, even though some of them may not have been super complex. So I had a good time. I think the monkey bars, if they had made us go, longer i don't know how long that section of monkey bars is i know thomas had said it was like one of the longest sections of monkey bars he'd seen in a race but they didn't make us end up going the full distance of the monkey bars which i'm honestly kind of glad because i don't know <laughs> that i would have made it because they were really met and or really wet and really muddy when i got to them and i kind of struggled for the you know 15 or so that they made us go across Tom, I felt like it was shorter than last year. I feel like they made us go further last year. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the last two years, I mean, the first time I did it, they made us go two-thirds of the way. And I feel like it gets shorter and shorter each year. Mm. But, I mean, it's like I was telling the race director, it's like you want to make it more challenging to bring people back. So there's a sense of something to work for. So yeah. I don't know if that's a, you know, a safety thing or, you know, complaints over the past or if they want to make it more realistic for people. But yeah, I think it would be cool if they made it the whole uh, section. And I mean, if someone made it past a point, let them drop off. But yeah, my favorite to... part is is the sandbag. I love the sandbag carry. Oh yeah, right, yeah. That's all the way. It's full loop of the track there. So in the stadium, that's kind of cool. The um, any uh, JC, any other thoughts you had on the uh, obstacles and course design? You know the the sandbag carry as well. I was lucky enough to get a, a heads up from Thomas with 
kind of a suggested workout ahead of time. So I did a little sandbag training with uh, some more terrain, but I was surprised to see it was on a nice, even flat track, but it was the 100% quarter mile with that. And that just another thing that, that breaks up your stride you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So Tom, why did you, uh, so let's all, let's jump back over to JC one more time. Um, so, you know, for, you, you traveled pretty far for this one. It was about six hours, right, from uh, Nebraska. Who would you recommend travel to this race? You know, um, beginners, seasoned people, people looking for, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I'm going to say um, beginners and seasoned people because I found challenge in it, and especially as we ran as a team and we're able to push each other, but it's not something absolutely impossible for someone getting out in their first or second course to give it a try. Next year, I'm going to grab some of the people that I'm trying to get interested in the sport and definitely the people that, that really got me going try to travel out there. Nice. Tom, what, what keeps you coming back? Because this is your third year doing it, right? Uh, yeah, it's my third year. Uh, honestly, the venue, um, the atmosphere is really good. Each year, I've met new people that um, – the I mean, you just don't see it every other OCR. Um, and I like the challenge of the up-downs, the sandbag. And the team race, it's very unique. You know, you don't get a lot of that in OCR anymore. No. Um, I don't think any of the uh, OCRs nowadays have kind of mastered how to do a team event. And I really like this, adding four times together and – it's the biggest thing that I miss about other sports is being a part of a team and OCR. It's always you versus yourself. So it's cool to share, you know, your secrets, some insights with someone on your team and work towards uh, the goal of winning one. Yeah. That was, it was, I really like the, uh, like you said, you know, reaching and when you go to some of these smaller events, you get to meet people who are, you know, they've, they've just stepped their foot into the OCR world. So it's nice to be able to like talk to them and be like, well, there's, there's this whole sport out there and this is, this is just like the gateway, you know, and this is a great gateway. Uh, but you know, if anyone wants to get further involved in it, here's some op- opportunities and some options. We were talking to one of the guys who's handling some of the start line and the timing and he's a, a, was a track or cross country coach. Can't remember. And he's a wrestling coach, I believe. I think he was both. And I was like, I was like, if you have any kids that are doing wrestling and track, I, you need to get them in OCR because that's like the person we want, right? Like runner and they're used to doing like short explosive movements and have upper body strength. So I was like, this is this is like continue to do what you're doing and then switch over to OCR when you graduate because it is uh, it's a great opportunity. And uh, I'm even still connected with several people that I've met over the years. I'm actually training one that I met at the siege. So, I mean, just, yeah, just the community out there. It's, it's a little different than what I'm used to. And even with it being a smaller venue. Yeah. And for me, it was was about a four hour drive. And um, the fact that I get to drive four hours and race twice in a weekend, that to me, that's, that's as a, like a, someone who's seasoned that's that's the selling point for me like i can it's one trip and i get essentially two races out of it right so that was um you know we spent one night at a hotel drove out there the night before you know raced twice drove back and uh stopped and 
ate, ate at a couple different places along the way out in the middle of Kansas. Not much, not much between Manhattan, Kansas, and uh, the Garden City, Kansas. But uh, you know, we still found some some interesting places to stop off at. Keaton, tell me a little bit about. Um, I know we were talking about hunting before the race. Uh, tell me a little bit about hunting and how uh, the physicality of that and how it kind of plays into supporting uh, your racing. Yeah. So when I really first got into racing, you know, it started with coworkers, but then I saw it as an opportunity. You know, I've been going elk hunting in Colorado every year, um, along with all the local Kansas hunting and stuff that I do. Um, but I saw training for OCR to be an opportunity to also stay in good shape to go elk hunting. Cause you know, you, you're hiking up and down the mountains and, and we're bow hunting at the, you know, when we go out there. So, we have our packs that we're carrying during the day and our bows and binoculars and all your layers and stuff that you want to have on in the mountains. And uh, so you're always carrying 20, 30 pounds at a time, maybe more. And then if you are successful and are lucky enough to harvest an animal of some kind, then you end up carrying 80 or a hundred pounds of, um, mostly meat on your back and in a backpack frame pack and hiking at the same time and higher altitude and thinner air and you can imagine what that does to your breathing and stuff and um you know it's i I feel like it training for ocr has really helped me for that as well keeps me in good shape so yeah that's i mean that's that's a lot of that's a lot of weight to move uh after after a hunt there that is I, I think the probably the worst it ever got me i i needed to take a break so i i had not whatever you know on my back 100 pounds or so and i i sat down on a log that was two or three feet up in the air kind of suspended in the air and that log decided it was going to snap off oh, and so i i laid on the ground on my back kind of like a turtle upside down on the back of its shell couldn't really get up just kind of had to wiggle around for five ten minutes till i finally flipped myself over and, and got up so that was exciting but yeah things so, like that 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 your ocr is good for climbing over you know dead fall trees and stuff like that it's pretty cool nice yeah when, when we do like super and sometimes in the military we have some training exercises that the packs are like preposterously heavy like i think mm-hmm. the, the heaviest one i've done is, i think is just over 120 and um, it was terrible, and that's how we had to get up. You essentially had to sit into the backpack, roll onto all fours, and then you kind of like powered your way up. Usually, one of your friends was like pulling, also, and uh, it was terrible. Like just standing there, not moving, and like the amount of weight that's like pressing on your rib cage, your diaphragm, and your lungs. Like yes. I would, you'd be breathing heavy, doing nothing. Like you're just standing there, and you're like. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, it, you at that point you want to start moving as quickly as possible because standing hurts just as bad as moving really fast. If that makes any sort of sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. So, uh, JC, what else you got uh, coming up on your calendar this year? that you're looking forward uh, to? Uh, Rugged Maniac coming up uh, for certain there in Kansas. And I've uh, booked with one of my Nebraska guys. We're going to go down and do the Spartan Trifecta uh, middle of October in Granbury, Texas. Nice. Nice. 
I know Nebraska for well, I don't think I don't, did they do it this year. I don't think they did it this year, but they they normally have some pretty unique events. Like they had Big Red Challenge for a while. Uh, have you done that one? Yeah, I did that one for the first time last year, um, and they just had some. They tabled it for this year. And I'm not sure exactly what's going on with it. They're maybe looking at a change of venue still locally here. It's a great race, um, but it just didn't come to fruition last year, hoping that they can find a home for it this year and keep it up here because a few of the other races didn't quite make it through COVID and just that, uh, that I'd done about two years ago and they kind of fizzled out. And that's, that's where there's very few here in the state. Yeah. Yeah, the the one I whenever I think of Nebraska, I think of a uh, big red uh, big red challenge. But they had some pretty cool prizes. They had like the Captain America shield as like the, the I think the winner got that. And then they also had uh, they actually had a salmon ladder in the middle of the race, if I remember correctly. Yes, and that was my first experience, first time ever seeing a salmon ladder, and that didn't go well. It took several <laughs> to actually get up and down that. So how how do they do it as far as like? resetting right because that's not an obstacle that's easy to reset um how do they do with like throughput and getting people through do they you just go up and then come down or do you go up and that's all you have to do and then someone resets it what's their method they had a lot of volunteers it was actually really well staffed um for the amount of the amount of racers they had and i'll be honest i i focused on i think it was three up three down and it took me several tries, and I paid no attention to what was happening before I got to it, and I didn't look back when it was over. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I'm surprised it hasn't uh, quite made it into any other – I'm trying to think of if I've ever seen it in another race, um, and I don't think I have. Maybe Toughest, like the – not t- Toughest Mudder, as in Toughest is in the, uh, the European brand. I, I want to say maybe they had it in there. And Tough Mudders had it in their festival area, but it wasn't a true salmon ladder. It was like a 45-degree angle salmon ladder, so you kind of like hop up, and it was for just to like win Chipotle prizes or something like that. It wasn't it was an actual thing. So, uh, what about you, Keaton? You anything? What, you got anything else coming up this year? Oh, I I'm doing some some dad stuff. I think um, I got my daughter starting kindergarten, so they have a just a 5k road race that I think I'll probably end up doing that helps support them. And then, um, my wife's work has a, a 5k road race. They do around, uh, the Wichita state university campus here. And, oh, it's sometime in late October, I think. And then I go hunting here in about four or five weeks out to Colorado and I'll go through that whole thing we were talking about earlier and pass that We'll see. I know I got the some races next year, but for now, that's kind of just it. Nice, Tom. What else? Uh, what else you got coming up in twenty twenty three? I got conquer the gauntlet, my favorite race coming up here in a couple weeks. I've got rugged maniac in Kansas City. Yeah, reunion, and then the big one, uh, High Rocks, Dallas. Kendall and I are teaming up and hopefully going to qualify for the world championship and uh, compete in that next year. So nice. that's the main focus right now. Nice. The um, jumping back to the siege real quick. The, uh, the, the race director, Bridget was super uh, helpful and nice. And uh, you know, with us traveling from uh, far away, you know, they know 
last year they did their awards like right afterwards at the venue. And then this year they actually did like a post-race party slash awards, which I thought was like a cool, uh, cool addition. Although I don't think any of us stuck around because we all had fairly uh, lengthy drives back home. Uh, but I do like, you know, e- even though I like that there was the option, I like that they had that as a post-race party because if I was staying another night, I'd absolutely would have gone. But I also like the fact that she was like, well, you guys are taking off. I can just give you your prizes now. So I thought that was that was really nice. Yeah. The idea is good, but I mean, it would gear towards more local runners because like, you know, CTG and all those, a lot of people travel and a lot of people are driving home after they uh, rather stay the night before versus the night after. So in theory, it's a good idea, but at the same time, I kind of like the no ceremony being done at the venue just because a lot of us want to get out of there, get on the road. Yeah. Although sometimes when they do the venue, when they do the ceremony at the venue, sometimes it's almost worse because it's like, all right, we'll do it in 20 minutes. And then like 20 minutes go by and they're like, we'll do it in 20 minutes. You're like, you literally just said that, <laughs> you know, and then you end up standing there like an extra two hours and you're like, I'd rather just have them tell me a time later in the day for, for a lot of the ones I end up traveling to. Uh, we'll, we'll depend on the city uh, and depends on how often we've been to the city. If it's a place I haven't been before, we'll usually stay a second night. And go do some touristy mm-hmm. stuff in the afternoon. Um, I think Garden City they have a uh, they have a water park there now, or something like at that hotel. Oh, uh, yeah. Did, did you see that? Right by where the packet pickup or the packet uh, core fitness. Yeah, right was. by the yeah, right by the gym. That core fitness gym. Yeah, they they have They're... a parrot. I'm gonna mess it up parrot park or something i don't know they had a couple of like big water slides sticking out it reminded me of a smaller version of great wolf lodge like a water park attached to a hotel right but i mean for the middle of western kansas that's i thought it was it was pretty cool it, it's something i think thomas and i talked about next year you know being hey take the wives take the kids things like that 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 might be entertaining for them rather than just sitting around watching dad run his race type of deal yeah and they also the, the what was also new this year is last year they did the kids race afterwards and me and my daughter ran the kids race. This year they did the kids race beforehand, um, which it was a little bit cooler when the kids ran. And, How far did they run? Did you? I couldn't see what they did. So they they do the same part of the beginning of the course and then the part where it. Uh, I want to say where the the angled ladder was. I think right after – I think they only go up a couple rungs, and then they take a hard left, and they end up uh, – so they skip like this Tarzan swing. They skip the monkey bars. They skip the weaver, which you actually ran over. You don't actually weave. Uh, and then they go right to like the tubes, the tires, and the, the uh, water slide, uh, which we also didn't talk about. They also had like a giant slip and slide, which was fun. I like – anytime they, they put a slide or something in a race, I just love it, especially when you're running max effort, and it's like – you just run up to this giant slip and slide thing and just send it and then get up and keep running. I love that stuff. I think that's a ton of fun. So yeah, it it ends up being about, I think it was just over a mile last year. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like it's probably about a mile or so. Yeah. And they also had a pool at the beginning that you jumped in. That was like one of the first obstacles. And they had uh, also at the beginning, they had a bunch of uh, motorcycle um, riders. Uh, They were, uh, I think Vets for Vets was the group, uh, kind of like the Patriot Guard, a bunch of veterans who uh, uh, 
showed up and they had some big American flags and they were revving some engines as we, as we got off on those first couple waves. So that, again, a lot of little touches where, um, you know, they, they put on a really good event for, uh, not a lot of money. And it shows that, um, you know, there's ways to make this sport viable, even if you don't have this enormous crowd, um, you know, using parts of a permanent course that already in existence and adding in some additional, uh, benefits and perks type stuff. All right, since we have, uh, we likely have a couple of people who are uh, from the Siege who may not normally listen to podcast coverage, so they're listening to this. So, Tom, why don't you take us through and talk a little, we'll just kind of do a quick round robin about some of the training you use to prepare for OCR um, before we start wrapping things up. So, Tom, go first, and then we'll jump over to Keaton and then uh, JC. Uh, yeah, I use primarily CrossFit interval and hit training so i like to keep it short and sweet work harder for less time versus you know going i think traditional ocr athletes run anywhere from 25 to 50 miles a week i'm five to 10 miles a week but those miles are a lot harder to get used to that uh elevated heart rate so um i like uh, olympic lifting so I try and combine that with uh, usually four to 800 meter sprints in between or one mile sprints in between. Uh, but, and gotcha. uh, you also have I a do. background in soccer, don't you? Didn't you play soccer growing up? Yeah, but I cheated the cardio out. I put no off season effort in whatsoever. And um, I was a, forward wing so that meant that i kind of stayed primarily to the top so a lot of my running was just short sprints uh they send the ball and i'd try and outrun the defender so gotcha. all right keaton what about you oh pretty much none of that uh, <laughs> different in backgrounds i guess uh you know i i work I'm a construction project manager, so I'm mostly in the office sitting at a desk, you know, emails, schedules, budgets, drawings, you know, you name it type of stuff. And so luckily where I work here in Wichita has a, um, a weight room down in our basement. And so I can go down with a shower as well. And so I can go down on my lunch break and change and go outside and, um, we're, a block or so away from the the trail that runs along um, the river that goes through downtown Wichita. So I run a block from our office and hop along the trail at lunch. And, you know, typically I run three or four times a week on lunch breaks, um, three, four, six mile runs, um, sometimes hard, sometimes slow, just kind of depends on the day and what I'm feeling. Um, come back after the run, do some, I don't know, some pull-up. We have a pull-up bar in there um, and some some curls, some lunges, you know, just some body weight type stuff. Um, not, not Definitely not a lot of lifting. Um, I would say anything obstacle-related, um, I, I like to try to find a little um, – you'll see them around like parks, um, little recreation areas and stuff, the little, oh, exercise playground looking things that have maybe like a 
section of monkey bars or something that you can sit there and do push-ups on or or stretches or crunches and you know i'm talking about those little yeah yeah workout areas i you know i'll try to find those and do you know a whole bunch of um pull-ups and monkey bars and things like that to kind of gain that upper body um you know technical obstacle type stuff we I, I don't know, maybe Thomas knows more, but we don't here in Wichita have a huge, like, ninja warrior type obstacle presence um, in the Wichita area. Maybe I'm totally wrong and I just don't know about it, but I, I guess really all I've found to kind of get myself up and off the ground and suspended and hanging from some sort of obstacle thing is those, you know, monkey bar things you find at playgrounds and stuff, which is kind of silly, but... No, I mean, it's, you gotta, you gotta adapt, you know, the, uh, not, especially in the Midwest, we don't have a lot of ninja gyms. Uh, I mean, there's some of them in the more major cities, like Kansas city has modus, uh, two modus ninja gyms. Uh, but yeah, you gotta adapt. And especially if you, if you're looking to do training that is similar and very specific to OCR, it involves running plus obstacles. So as you run and you see a playground and you want to go hit a set of pull-ups or use the, you know, some the, the pull-ups, on the monkey bars are too small because they're made for kids. So like I've used the cross beam of a swing set, right. And, and used mm-hmm. that for, for stuff. So. Yeah, we have uh along that trail, there's uh it kind of slopes from the, the road that runs along the river down to the sidewalk that's along the river. So it, it kind of winds up and down this hill. There's just random little trails that cut through there. So, you know, somebody comes up that's also jogging. I, you know, I have some coworkers that go running with me and stuff as well on lunch and they have ran a lot of these races with me too. And, uh, they just kind of laugh when you want to take off and you want to cut up and down the hills to kind of get that elevation, you know, change and terrain difference than running on pavement. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Well, I'm I'm training for my obstacle course race, so right. This is this is kind of realistic for what downtown Wichita has to to offer for training on a lunch break. So nice, yeah. No good use good use of sports specificity, right? You wanna you want your training to mimic uh, a lot of the stuff you're doing in in races. What about yeah. you, uh, JC? Any tips? Um, especially at uh, your you're a little older than the rest of us, right? Um, any any tips there for you know, anything you've changed well, in your training over the last think, couple of years? I think you and I might be close uh, in age, but a few years on these other guys. Yeah. Um, about three years ago, I, I wasn't completely out of shape, but I was doing nothing to stay in shape. Uh, it all started with going to a six-week challenge at a hit gym, and I never looked back. Now I do a lot of, like, kind of echoing what Tom was saying, uh, do CrossFit-style training. Um I try to get some miles in during the week running, but that is no longer terribly exciting. So I got introduced and was given a 20-pound weight vest. So throw that in there with a few different things. And one of the one of the guys that really got me into this and took me under his wing, uh, Rod Shaw up here in Lincoln, has a has a great passion for the sport. And he has every Saturday brings all the equipment and has a specific OCR training regimen that we go through. Uh, he brings all the kettlebells, climbing ropes, battle ropes, rings, and uh, we have a fantastic park out here that has a sledding hill that to the bottom is uh, 200 meters, back to the top is 200, so we've got it 
to where we hit three to 3.2 miles every Saturday and different, uh, different movements that mimic uh, a lot of the obstacles. Just for instance, last week, I think there was roughly uh, 640 reps with three miles of running and that's all pounded out every Saturday morning. And we're doing our best to try to get some more people interested in it. I, he got me hook, line and sinker in this and, that's how I come to meet you guys. So keeping those things and just turning everyday op, everyday objects into obstacles, kind of like Keaton was saying, you'll see it. I'll branch off and do some push-ups on a bench or some, you know, maybe a, a jump over and that. And everywhere else looks like yeah, a little bit strange when all you're there to do is run in theory. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad uh, I knew the NEOCR was uh... – had a did a bunch of like group workouts because um, yep. they've been doing them for years, but I, I didn't realize I don't think I quite realized that they were still uh, being active because KCOCR was doing something similar and we've kind of uh, fallen off slightly. I wouldn't say numbers are climbing, but we we tend to get some new people every now and then. It's people that have been there over the years show up a couple times during the summer, and it it's great and it's a it's a great way to work together for something we all all really enjoy. Yeah. That's great. I, I there was a couple times where guys from NEOCR came in down to KCOCR and we, um, like they, you guys brought obstacles. It was actually pretty cool. Um, that that hasn't been, that hasn't happened for a couple of years now, but it was, it was cool to like connect the two communities. And for anyone who's, you know, still kind of uh, new to OCR, there's a lot of Facebook groups, especially that are regional based, where you can link up with people and, um, you know, save money as you travel and learn about new races right that's initially how i found about conquer the gauntlet was through people at kcocr they were like who's going to ctg and i was like i don't know what that means i was like someone needs to explain this to me so oh i i joked about that the other day with thomas i was standing you know we ran our our work co-worker gladiator dash here which is not an incredibly technical um obstacle difficult race and uh i had a lot of fun and i said man I, I i found this conquer the gauntlet race and it was in newton which is you know 15 minutes from my house here in wichita and um so we're standing at the starting line of this conquer the gauntlet later wave that wasn't the elite wave we didn't even know what that was and all these people are talking about ocr and how this is one <laughs> of the greatest ocrs and i'm like what in the world does is an ocr you know and it was minutes before somebody's like obstacle course race and i said oh my i really probably should have stitched that together in my head a lot quicker than i did but <laughs> yeah so finally realized what that was and then took off at a conquer the gauntlet for in a fun wave and did not know what i was getting myself into and probably had the most fun i'd ever had and had a couple of obstacles that i could not um complete at the time in my very first one and then decided well this was fun enough i think i might actually make it go with some of these things and and started training specifically for something i had no idea what i was doing but was having a lot of fun at it so nice that's a great story. that's a great story yeah jc you're, you're only uh three you're three years older than me so we're, we're pretty close <laughs> all right i'll take it but I, I do feel like i feel like um and i think a lot of it's mental i feel like when you hit i feel like 40 is like a hard line and I feel like I feel I feel a lot slower than I did two years ago. Let me say that um, in my training. So, yeah, I don't know. 
And I, like I said, I think a lot of it's mental just because people are always like, oh, 40s is, in OCR is like 40s is masters, 40s is masters. So like I think it, part of my brain is like you are over 40. You're supposed to slow down now. Um, so I think, yeah, just fight fighting that back against that that internal monologue. So well, you look at sports like the NFL and soccer, those guys start losing speed at early 30s. Yeah, you know, I know. And. Endurance sports, typically 35, you're about your peak. I think there's some Boston Marathon runners, uh, typically like 32 to 38 years old, are the ones that are winning that. But, I mean, you look at CrossFit games, NFL, soccer, all their speed drops off tremendously after 30. So, are you, are you, trying, to, you trying to psych me out for KC Rugged Maniac, Tom? Is this what's going on? No, I mean, it. <laughs> you guys no, are you, no, you're, 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 you are correct, right? So uh, it, most endurance peak is like 30 to 35. If you look at like any Ironman race, like typically 30 to 35 age group is the most competitive. So, um, yeah. And I do feel like I, my speed's gone down. I feel like I can throw down still on most race days. Uh, uh, there are some days where um, even if like an endurance, the toughest, I feel like now the starting pace is faster than I'm comfortable with now. Uh, I t- I'll catch up before it's over, but uh yeah. You guys, Evan, you were saying the other day, you don't run like any road races at all, do you really? No, I stopped. Uh, I used to run a lot of road races. And then uh, when I found OCR, I liked it a lot better. And I basically stopped. Um, and I spent so much time traveling and uh, putting so much effort into OCR and like tapering and stuff. It doesn't make any sense for me to do road races anymore. Right. It's Man, I, I did one marathon. I think you maybe said that you had done some. Um and yeah, I, but- I was trying to, I, I was just trying to stitch together how can I run this marathon and train for this marathon, but also try to stay fast because, you know, these obstacle course races, you sometimes start out at such a blistering fast pace. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know that you can do it. I know there's probably a few athletes out there um, that can, but man, it's, it's tough to try to do both styles of, of running, you know, long distance or road race type running and then, and obstacles at the, you know, within a week or two of each other, it's tough. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so I found when I was training for marathons, my 5k times would actually get a lot faster, um, because I was just doing so much aerobic work. Uh, however, when I ran a marathon, uh, I would run it in about three hours and it, it is max. Like I am, I'm, pushing the limits of my the physiological limits of my body at the time i was running those um so immediately afterwards i i would be wrecked from a just a regular marathon for like i feel like weeks afterwards i felt like mine was like three or four weeks it was yeah. like I, I didn't even run for like three or four weeks so yeah I, nope i'm done never again why why did i do that so i actually find a lot of times uh uh i actually recover it sounds weird so I, I sometimes I recover better in ultras, uh, ultra OCR, because I don't have to, you know, if I, if I've got a good lead or something, I don't push as hard, I don't push as deep. So like I'm, yes, I'm running for longer, but it's at a slower pace, and uh, mentally I'm not digging as deep. Um, yeah. So anyway, kind of a quick aside. If anyone wants some specific, uh, if you're looking for like a more specific obstacle course race specific training plan, my book. Um, Strength and Speed Guide to Elite OCR is available on teamstrengthspeed.com. It's also available on Amazon. 
Uh, the new, what you want is the new strength and speed guys who lead obstacle course racing. That that one's been updated. The first one I wrote, uh, I had about 15 podiums. And then after I wrote, I made an update after I got like another 50 podiums. So it was, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of good updated information in there. And I simplified some of the training plans because I thought they were just a little bit too complicated, even though they were, you know, kind of better. Uh, I think, I think the first version are, in some respects are better, but it's just, it's not as user friendly. I think the second version is uh, a little more user friendly training plans. All right, let's start wrapping it up. We're gonna do since we got a lot of people on the podcast. We're gonna do tell us something people would be surprised to know about you. So we'll start off with uh, JC. What do you got? Well, um, frankly, I wasn't raised around sports. I didn't participate in sports all through high school. Um, recreationally, did a few things, but really, until my late thirties didn't start doing anything health or nutrition wise. So when we were talking about age earlier, this is, this is an all new game for me. Mm. And it's, uh, it's only getting better as I get older. And I've been asked, Oh, are you a runner? Or we, did you do cross country? And really none of that until I was 38, 39 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like everyone's got like uh, a solid, like four and depending on your focus to 10 years where they like, train for something and some of the people that peaked in high some of the, like a lot of guys peak in high school that's like when they do their sports stuff and then they're like oh now that i'm out of high school I, I guess i'll just give up or now that i'm out of college i guess i'll just give up so um the cool thing is because you're still young young in your training you've got a lot of pride like you can still make a lot of progress because your body is still adapting to all these different things um so that that's super exciting yeah all right keaton what do you got Oh, I don't know. I, I've been thinking that, uh, you know, I'm colorblind. Uh, a lot of people know that some don't obviously. Um, one of the probably biggest obstacles of these obstacle courses races are when they're not super well marked Mm. or when they are super well marked for people who can see an orange flag or a pink flag or, a ribbon or you name it. And so that's always kind of one of my questions and, and worries when I get to a new race or a race I'm, I haven't been around for very much. And I'm like, how well is this course <laughs> actually marked? Cause I have been unfortunately off course after being in good position. Um, I, I think I we was talking with Thomas the other day and, you know, I followed, him and a couple other guys into the timber one time and they must have took like a sharp turn back the other direction and I just kept going and I came out of the timber like three quarters of a mile later and I was I came out of the timber on the side of the first place runner at the time which was Kendall that um, Thomas mentioned earlier and he goes, Hey, where'd you come from? And I said, uh, <laughs> over here, you know, and, uh, this is obviously not where you came from. And so I kind of had to swim back upstream against everybody until I got back to the point that I got lost and then continue on. And it, it's unfortunate when you're actually doing well in a race to stumble on something as easy as just, you can't simply see where to go. And yeah 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 that's that's the worst that's that sucks um 
side note, the siege was very well marked. I didn't have any any issues. Uh, There's a yeah, decent was, number of volunteers, so yeah. Um, that's one of my there's like a couple things you can't mess up to, for me as a competitor coming to a race. One of them is course markings and then the other one is like timing. Right. So, um, yeah, those yeah. are my, those are like my two biggest pet peeves. It, it, you can almost, you can bomb almost everything else. And as long as I know, like I finish where I'm supposed to finish and, uh, like we didn't run off course. Like I'm, I'm pretty much good. Uh, and, it, I, and it's not that some of these races were necessarily marked bad by any means it was just simply the fact that i couldn't yeah. see the the markings and you know or i I've, I've had to come to like a stop almost and you know the little pink like utility marker flags that you see in people's yard that says gas electric or whatever it is that a lot of races will use i've had to get down in the middle of like an open meadow and lay on the ground <laughs> so i can get a silhouette of the flag sticking up in the air just so i can kind of see where that next flag is and that's that really kind of stinks. It's it's demotivating to continue when you don't even know where you're going. So you know you're running way slower than you you could, and and things like that, just simply because you don't know where to go. Yeah, I have the I have a different. So I I can't hear. One of my ears is is pretty bad. I wear a hearing aid on one side, so occasionally I have the uh, similar problem but different. And it's usually not as costly because people will sometimes give directions, and I'm like literally no idea what you're saying dude you know they're they're <laughs> yelling stuff and i'm yelling at them back so it seems it sounds like i'm angry because I'm, I'm i'm just trying to hear what they're saying so right uh, we had a pretty com- com- funny conversation with uh, jenny overstreet we were running at toughest mutter and she wears hearing aids in both ears so i'm deaf in one ear and she's deaf in both ears and the two of us are yelling at each other on the course trying to like make social make polite conversation and we went back and forth a couple times and i was like just let's just stop <laughs> So it's a little bit of a disaster. No idea. No idea what either one of you is saying to no, each other. No, I was like, I was like, there's not much water on the course. And she's like, what? I was like, there's no water. She's like, there's water at Arctic Enema. I was like, I besides Arctic Enema. She's like, oh. I was like, I don't think we understood each other. Whatever. <laughs> um, Tom, what do you got? I know you've we've used a couple of years already. Uh I'll kind of piggyback off of what you just said about people peaking in high school. I was kind of the opposite in high school. I was kind of the, I had the athleticism. I didn't have the size, the strength, or necessarily even an elite speed. Um, So I never, I I was just an average athlete. And then as I got through college, you started to see the decline of everyone around you. And that's when I started to incline and, kind of flipped the script a little bit and became kind of the opposite of what I was. I was maybe 130 pounds. Uh, None of my lifts were impressive. Average 40, average mile. Uh, I'd say maybe above average mile, but, you know, nothing that would stand out in a track. Yeah. Or uh, cross-country time anyways. I don't even think I would make the track team back then but you know some some people get out of high school and they keep trucking some but for most i think that is their peak yeah and i mean as we talked about earlier it's never it's never too late right like if you want to make a change uh yeah tom your your back your background sounds a little more similar to mine i 
Uh, people are always like, oh, Evan, you, you've always been fit. And it's like, eh, no, not really. I've just been very persistent for a very long time. And everyone who was uh, – a lot of the guys who were better than me basically at some point gave up, and uh, I, I just kept running. So that's where we are now. All right, we're going we're gonna to get going. Before we go, final shout-outs you want to give, uh, friends, family, sponsors, anything else we missed? JC, what do you got? Absolutely, the NEOCR group. Uh, coming to introduce me to you guys. Looking forward to Rugged Maniac and seeing you guys all again. All right, and then uh, where can people find – how do people find NEOCR? Uh, Facebook. That should be the only one that pops up. All right, sounds good. Keaton, what do you got? Oh, I don't have much. You know, I, obviously my wife and my, my two girls that let me go to these things and deal with the me being gone for a night or two here and there or putting up with me, you know, training or going through some weird, awkward routine before a race or all that stuff. So just putting up with me. Nice. Got to give a shout out to them. Sounds good, Tom. Uh, I definitely got to give a shout out to Juice Performer. Um, I took a month off of it, uh, drinking beet juice every day, and had the worst race of uh, my last three years at Rugged Maniac. Uh, I got back on it about three weeks ago. I feel like I'm about right where I was prior to uh, my month long of endeavors. And then uh, also Barefoot Fitness. It's something, the uh, Facebook group you can look it up and i post workouts you can train with me train in my gym or uh, i can send daily workouts but yeah and uh of course our pro team and our sponsors uh without them the gear and uh, supplies and everything that we get from them and race discounts and traveling and all that stuff uh, i i want to be able to do what i do now without them yeah Good stuff. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to one, uh, you guys. That was, I uh, appreciate all the work you did. That For me, that was podium number 90, uh, which is an absurd amount. Uh, but I am, I'm trucking towards 100 slowly over the last decade, or actually at a pretty good pace. Uh, so I wanted to thank you guys. I feel like all my, my pretty big milestones tend to be at team races. So my 50th one was the toughest mudder as a team. My 75th was also Toughest Mudder as a team, and my 90th is uh, another team one. So uh, it's always fun and more enjoyable to share the joy, especially when you have other other people. Uh, and uh, I didn't, you know, first OCR podium. That's that's pretty cool. So I, I love being a part of that. That's not the first time I've I've gotten to share that opportunity with people. Uh, at toughest I got to do it with someone, and then at Hammer Race. Uh, when we did a team race there a couple of years ago, uh, I think th- two out of the five people on our team had never podiumed at an OCR before. I never won one, and we we won that one. That was pretty cool. So that also that also pretty cool. Um, and then and la- yeah. last year too with uh, Paul. Uh, oh yeah, Paul. His first. That was his first too. I believe that was Kim's first first. Oh, uh, was it really? Yeah, because he's usually like second, third. Or fourth. Yeah, he yeah. the last couple of years he's always right there, second, third, fourth, and I believe last year was his first time getting the gold. Yeah, that's awesome. So. I love that. If you haven't, you know, if, if you're someone who podiums regularly, yeah, uh, do a team race with some people. It's it's pretty awesome. It's a cool experience. Um, especially you get to share some of that 
Now, for those checking out TeamStrengthSpeed.com, we are switching website hosting services because the one I currently use is going into business. So the website may go down uh, around September 1st, um, working to make sure that does not happen. But you will also see a redesigned website. So a lot of the information on there will uh, disappear and get redesigned. I've got some other changes coming. I'm going to do another podcast right at the end of the month that explains some of the changes coming to Strength and Speed. Um, but the podcast will largely stay the same. Might be a couple of minor adjustments there. But so check that out. Uh, head over to TeamStrengthSpeed.com. If you need bleg mitts for the upcoming Toughest Mudder, if you need bleg mitts for OCR World Championships, I heard it's going to be cold there, Mammoth Lakes. Order them ASAP before the end of August because, like I said, the website may go down for a little bit as things change over. Um, so just be aware of that. And same thing with the Mudgear Hannibal Race uh, Pro Team website, which you can currently find at ctgproteam.com. Uh, that website will likely go down for more than a couple of days. That, that I Because I got to fix strength and speed, I also have to fix the Pro Team website. And uh, uh, I got to fix strength and speed first before I can start working on the Pro Team website. So head over and check those out before they disappear for forever slash come back in a different form. All right, thanks, guys. And we will catch all of you. I don't know. We'll, we'll see you at Rugged Maniac, most of you. So. Yep. Nope, I'll be there. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks again. Thanks. See you guys.